This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Right now that time, 8.13, you're tuned in to WGNS on this Tuesday morning. And with us this morning, from the Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Department, we have Parks Director Nate Williams and also Assistant Parks Director, and that is Rachel Singer with us this morning. How are y'all? Hey, good. good. How are you, Scott? I'm good. Well, thanks for coming. I'll see you later. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Thanks. So, <laughs> so what's what's new within the parks? Uh, anything new parks or anything? You know, we stay kind of new. It changes like every day. It seems like something else is adding uh, to our, our product lineup or our program lineup. And uh, we're excited. You know, it seems like the COVID numbers are really kind of leveled out, especially here in Murfreesboro. So like always, we want to thank all of our patrons who are really doing their part and coming to our facilities and wearing masks and uh, doing what they can so we can keep our facilities open so you know i was walking one of the trails the other day i, I know it's hard to believe that i do any type of exercise but uh <laughs> it was the one right there case and lane that they just newly you know reopened i guess mm-hmm. that actually goes under the bridge yeah and uh that's gonna be really cool down there you know because you were talking about how you're gonna expand that area i guess to where people can go down there and go fishing yeah, so it's a great area down there. That river is really pretty, and we go all the way now. You can go from either Cannonsburg or Thompson Lane all the way to Barfield Crescent Park. Um, I've been riding my bike, so what I'll do, um, I like to get on the Greenway maybe as it's kind of getting closer to sunset uh, after I get done with work and my office is at Barfield. So I, I keep a bike there, and I hop on, and I'll go down to Old Fort back, uh, Old Fort Park and back, and that, that's a good little exercise. And I agree, it's, it's just beautiful. But, you know, we're doing a lot down there. Our natural resources team uh, is working uh, from all over the Greenway to try to make that area where you can kind of see the river and make sure we can get it back to kind of uh, native plant species along the Greenway. And I think what's really unique and one of the things that people talk about a lot is the wildlife you can see, especially on Phase 4. Um, you can see just a whole, you know, host of new things that people, you know, otherwise wouldn't see in Murfreesboro. But we've got some great um, uh, kiosk and, and interpretive signage at those trailheads um, that really show and kind of give people uh, an opportunity to learn about what they might see and how to engage with some of those animals. I know uh, at one point, a uh, little less than a year ago, we had some owls on that section um, and Rachel can talk about a lot she's a lot smarter in this area than I am but uh, it was really interesting because they kind of got famous people were taking pictures and sending them out there but of the owls uh, of the owls yeah so you could see them and it was really cool I, I learned a lot from our our team out there just looking at them but you know being able to engage the community and the public about how to you know interact and observe those animals is something that we try to do and it's considered one of our jobs the uh, blue herons out there are, are pretty cool you know I, I've seen Probably every time I've gone walking on the Greenway, I've seen one. It's pretty neat to see up close, you know? It is. They have an established rookery there, um, and so the the rookery is where they kind of congregate. Um, make is that their... like a bar? What, what is a rookery? <laughs> <laughs> so every year they'll come back to the same area and uh, pick several really mature trees over the river, um, and they'll build, oh gosh, I think this year there was 
almost 10 nests and they'll have their chicks together um, and so they can squawk and just make a big a big noise and um, you know it, it attracts people thinking what's going on there and then you realize that there's there's these huge birds in the treetops and they're raising their chicks um, so it's it is really neat to be able to observe that and you can see that right off the greenway on that new phase four um, we actually that's been an established rookery for years and so because of that we um, developed our interpretive signage around that to give a little bit of information on the great blue herons and and some of their other relatives so do birds like that they don't fly south for the winter like like you hear other birds do right not the great blue herons they're they're year-round residents so um they're they're such a neat bird they're you know really prehistoric they're huge um and during the day they go out by themselves and hunt and then they come back and they're communal um in their in their nesting so you know i, I don't know if you all have noticed this but over the years we've seen I don't know, new species of birds coming into Rutherford County. Because I remember when I was a kid growing up, you would never see seagulls here. But all of a sudden, you know, I would say over the last 10 years, you start seeing seagulls here. So, I mean, we, we do see changes in wildlife locally. There's a lot of changes, you know, and, and a lot of that is um, our weather patterns are changing. And so we get the opportunities to um, to see some, especially birds, because they migrate. Um, and so sometimes they get blown off course or um, new migration patterns. Um, the, the rufous hummingbird is, is um, it's still rare around here, but uh, more and more there's winter sightings of the rufous, and that's a western species. So, um, you know, at Outdoor Murfreesboro, we have a whole bunch of education based around uh, hummingbirds, and we um, try to have people, if they're willing, to keep a, a feeder up all winter. You might have to put a heat lamp on it so it doesn't freeze, but um, there's there's that opportunity to get that, that rufus coming through, and if you do, definitely call the Wilderness Station, and we can put you in touch with um, the master bander that's up in Clarksville. Um, she has banded, gosh, uh, I just heard, I think, I think 30 species, um, I mean, I'm sorry, 30 rufous hummingbirds. So that's, you know, it's, it's a growing number. And just uh, the more people are aware of it, uh, there's more opportunities to document that. Uh, Nate, you're like itching to say something here. What? No, I, I was just sitting here listening to Rachel. So we have the benefit in Parks and Recreation. We have lots of, you know, outdoor spaces and trails and stuff like that. And typically, if Rachel and I or any of our leadership team need to, you know, meet and brainstorm something, a lot of times you can find us outside. We're sitting, you know, at a pavilion or hiking at Barfield or walking down the Greenway or something like that. And it's amazing to me how much I can benefit. And I learned just sitting here learning from Rachel right now, uh, walking down the Greenway, you know, I learned so much about our just natural habitat and what we have here in Murfreesboro. And uh, it's really, you know, insightful. And I think what we've done with Outdoor Murfreesboro is we can communicate some of those things that are just right in front of people. Like I learn every time I go out with Rachel walking, you know, in one of our natural areas. But we've, we've filled up our, our, our programming opportunities with things just like that. So anybody can come and learn about their natural surroundings here in Murfreesboro. And it's so uh, diverse. And I, I don't think people really realize uh, what we have to offer here in Murfreesboro. You know, what a, what a cool job. You, know, you have meetings outdoors on trails. Yeah. And I'm sitting, when we have <laughs> meetings we're sitting around a coffee table but, eating donuts so. well, you could yeah <laughs> that's not bad that, that <laughs> that's good every now and then but you know anybody can do that it's not just us we encourage people use our spaces you know i, I can do that you can do that wow. we've got uh we've got a firing uh, up at the campground at barfield crescent park you can take the whole wgns crew up there and sit around and and 
Kumbaya. Talk about whatever radio stations talk about. That, that sounds exciting. <laughs> you, you know, I, I, the wildlife in Murfreesboro, it, it is interesting, but you have to actually be patient to find it sometimes. But I, I have these little security cameras I set up, you know, all around the house, not to catch burglars, but to catch animals. And the, we have a raccoon, like a, a resident raccoon who yeah. lives behind the garage. And he comes out at night and goes straight for the trash can mm-hmm. leaves a nice mess in the morning but it's it's always interesting just to watch the raccoon because yeah. they're so they're like little people walking around the way they tear stuff up and look through garbage it's, it's just fascinating but you have a lot of raccoons in the parks as well especially at barfield yeah so i think one of the cool things that you can do i, I take my kids out behind our house or if wherever you know in one of the parks and you can do it anywhere you can do it walter hill park north murfreesboro greenway the greenway barfield crescent park or even you know case and trailhead something like that if you can just go and sit and just be for a second you know i, I think you can observe nature in a really unique way and you see things that you normally wouldn't see if you can just kind of uh, remove distractions just like my phone was dinging I'm sorry about that I didn't think it was me but uh, if you can just remove distractions from you know what you're doing and just kind of sit and observe nature there's so much you can really see even at Old Fort Park you can see a lot that uh, I think people don't realize are there and, and the deer there if you walk the greenway nine times out of ten it seems like I, I see a deer at least there's deer everywhere from Barfield Park all the way to Old Fort Park there yeah. is, and that's such a big mission of our parks and outdoor Murfreesboro is that um, to be able to connect people with nature because we're we live amongst them, and especially in a fast-growing community, um, you know you're going to have more interactions with the wildlife. Um, you know, some people are fearful of wildlife when they come into an area, and uh, depending where they're coming from, if they're not used to a specific animal, um, so we really try to kind of minimize those um, those fearful interactions, and uh, you know, education is the best medicine for that so that's just a huge mission um, for us to be able to teach people how to live with wildlife I'm sorry Rachel I'm I'm sorry I'm taking over the interviewing duty here so what's the most common thing that people are fearful of here in Murfreesboro that you think that our our natural resources and our outdoor Murfreesboro programming team really do the education on yep I would definitely say it's snakes Um, and snakes are so beneficial I can get on my soapbox on how beneficial they are because they they keep our rodent population down if we didn't have the snakes um, we would be in trouble with uh, lots of disease ridden rodents and so um, but that's just a integral fear on a lot of people are those snakes and we have several uh, education snakes at the wilderness station and that's just a huge mission up there is to to try to ease those fears and you know talk about the benefits and that they're not going to eat you you know murfreesboro is a melting pot of a population i mean we have people from new york people from japan just literally all over coming here for jobs and, and we've got you know corporations here that are based elsewhere and it makes it really interesting i'm sure as far as interactions with people at places like the park because there's so many people who have never seen a a real snake up close a deer up close you know these are while you know we've seen this stuff here in tennessee but other people who come here they've never seen this stuff so what kind of what, what do they tell you when they see something they've never seen before Oh, well, I mean, we get we get a lot of the myths. People will call in and, and um, just talk about, you know, like, I, again, back to the snakes that they're going to eat their dog. And, um, you know, we, we don't have any snakes around here that are going to eat somebody's dogs. Um, some of the birds of prey, um, you know, wildlife is opportunistic. So um, 
I know we love our pets and I would hate for a, for a pet to be injured or eaten. Um, and we need to take those precautions to keep our pets safe, of course. Um, but, you know, some, some of the larger birds of prey get a bad rap. Um, a lot of people are trying to do chickens these days if they have small dogs or cats. Um, so, you know, they're trying to make their way in the world too. And again, it's, it's an education piece and a balance piece um, to try to, to, you know, make them feel comfortable with the wildlife that lives around here. What, what about rattlesnakes? Do you, do you have a lot of those? Because I, I know I used to hear about them being in Barfield Park at one point. Is that still true? We do. We have a, a, a good healthy population of the timber rattlesnake at, at Barfield and some of our other areas. Um, they're a very shy snake. If you see a rattlesnake out, I tell people they're very lucky. Um, they would rather not be seen. And, you know, if they are seen, they give that warning. Um, they're not going to chase you and strike after you. And so, you know, if you do... Uh, come across one and it rattles at you the best thing to do is just take a couple steps backwards and then you know take a wide step around it um, and they're going to go on their way I've never actually been face to face with a rattlesnake I I don't know how calm I would be though if I if I did come face to face with one I know our outdoor team was I think two years ago took a trip uh, a hiking trip and it came across one it was a great experience for the mm-hmm. kids i think about 15 kids saw it and they were able to just you know like rachel said step back and it was a big one i think it was like five feet long right well it was big and it, it was a great opportunity because um you know especially teaching the younger generation uh they can go back and teach families um where it's just been like ingrained that that snakes are bad and um <clears throat> the kids were definitely excited to see that and um the staff was excited so that helped kind of um, initiate that and uh, it, i mean they're a beautiful snake they really are so we were able just to watch it and it was laying across the trail not just basking so you know when he finally saw that there's about 15 of us watching him he he just moved on and and life was good we walked on so i think you know it's so inherent in in most people if they see a snake on their property just to kill it you know and that's what's been taught for generations in a lot of ways but really they're so beneficial uh, to have around you know invited into your house you know i've learned that you know rachel's taught me a lot about that so Rachel Singer and Nate Williams with us this morning from the Murfreesboro Parks and Rec Department. We actually uh, had a snake come into our house once a number of years back, and I don't know, I don't know how it actually got in. I, maybe one of the kids left the door open. It was during the summer, but it was like a baby snake, uh, yeah. and it we it ended up in the kitchen. Long story short, we brought it to the wilderness station. Did you? Yeah, we did. What kind of snake was it? Uh, I don't remember. King it, it cobra or something like that. <laughs> I think it was a cobra. Okay. <laughs> spitting, spitting cobra. Oh, okay. No, I, I don't remember, but I know it wasn't poisonous, but uh, we brought it there to the wilderness station not knowing what to do with it. And anyway, can people still bring animals to the wilderness station if uh, – if they find them injured or something that's so we definitely discourage people to bring wildlife to Uh-oh. us um, <laughs> yeah we need to talk about that scott sorry <laughs> please call in um for sure if you need some advice and the staff is really great at triaging that so if you have an injured animal giving you the appropriate numbers to get that animal to um we don't have a rehab facility at the wilderness station so you know we're, we're very limited on what we can do for an injured animal as far as a um, an animal that just needs to be relocated, there's a lot of requirements for different species of animals, and um, usually the best thing is is you know that's their home territory and to leave them there, and the staff can talk you through kind of the best place to to put them, or if you're having challenges, um, you know, if wildlife's getting in your your home or something like that, they can they can definitely. Um, 
talk you through a lot of things and also uh, connect you to the right people. I, I bet they talked bad about me after I left the wilderness station that day then. I, I nah. no I'm sure they didn't. <laughs> hey, you didn't kill it, so there no, you go. that's right. Yeah. You know, I, I've read a lot about the migration of bear, black bear coming from the Smoky Mountains headed towards Middle Tennessee. And, you know, a couple of years ago, we even heard a story about a black bear being spotted in DeKalb County. Uh, is this stuff true? I, I mean, are bears headed our way and could they ever end up in Murfreesboro? Bears are on the move. Um, they're coming down from the plateau and the Smokies. Um, and they, you know, every year they have to push out and find their own territory, which is becoming more and more of a challenge, obviously, with uh, the the fast growth. So as far as if they're going to ever set up territory in Murfreesboro, I'd be skeptical just because there's not enough space for them. Um, they're going to, you know, run into collisions with cars and um, back to the kind of the fear element for people. They're not used to seeing a bear here, but they are on the move. Um, TWRA does a great job tracking them on those rogue ones that are that are moving. And, um, you know, they they're trying to find the best resources um, so that they can survive. And um, like I said, TWRA is good at just kind of monitoring them. Um, and they're there in case they need to step in, but they're they're just hoping that the bear can set up a territory. I know the wildfires that took place in the Smoky Mountains a couple of years back probably pushed the bears, you know, a lot quicker in different directions. And, and I'm sure that probably had something to do with bears more so being spotted closer to us than what we actually realize right so right it's kind of it, crazy it is a struggle you know for all of our wildlife whether we're in murfreesboro which is fast growing or some of our outlying areas um, which still has some land but it is a competition between resources with humans and wildlife and um, it's a balancing act and you know a lot of times the wildlife gets the short end of the stick um, and that's again back to the education piece of it we're really trying to encourage people on how t- the best way to live with wildlife um, to be able to give them the opportunity to to stay around wild hogs are something else that i've read a lot about in middle tennessee apparently they cause tons of damage to people's farms and property do you have any wild hogs in barfield park or old fort park or anywhere We've never spotted them. Um, Sometimes we've seen some sign from them that people have reported. uh, And when we go out and and kind of investigate the sign, we've determined that it's probably not wild hog. Uh, There there have been wild hog in the area, Rockvale. Um, And so again, TWRA has a a management practice for that, um, which is, you know, pretty much just to, to eradicate them, but they're really fast uh, populating species and they can do a lot of damage and they can be really dangerous too. I've so. got a whole list of questions here, so no. just bear with me here. Uh, why is the sky? No. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, Nate, again, you look like you're just ready to do say I? something big No, I'm here. listening. I, I don't know what it is, but. It, you know, I, I learned my lesson. So I don't ask any more questions. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I think what, what Rachel was talking about earlier, it just spawned some thought in me as far as like, you know, what our purpose is in this whole thing, because there's there's this constant, you know, uh, seesaw and balance of uh, development versus, you know, natural areas. And we've been so well supported and, and backed by, you know, our city council, our elected officials, 
uh, for years, you know, to be able to, to look at some of these properties and say, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, develop a portion of Barfield Park, but we're going to keep the rest of it, you know, natural. So we can keep these habitats in Murfreesboro that are critical. So, you know, our families and our kids and our grandkids can have this in Murfreesboro for generations to come. And, you know, fortunately, we're able to still continue to do that and look at different properties and what parks look like. It's not traditional, you know, uh, of course, we've got uh, Richard Siegel Park that we're redeveloping right now, you know, uh, uh, with soccer fields and, you know, expansion of facilities like that. But at the same time, we're looking at other facilities that we can we can uh, take on and keep natural spaces so we just pre you know preserve it and i think that leads to quality of life in murfreesboro just as much as the developed areas there are so many communities that are the same size as murfreesboro but they they lack the parks you know they may have one city park and that's mm -hmm. about it but murfreesboro is a lot different i would say than a lot of other areas because we do have all these parks we do and we've been well supported and there was a strong vision you know uh, 40 and 50 years ago, Dennis Rainier uh, had so much to do with that. Uh, Dee Jernigan is our, our former chairperson of our commission, uh, the Parks and Recreation Commission. He served for 26 years, and I was talking to him recently about you know the changes he's seen. And, and I think everybody agrees with just the foresight that went in so you know so much further back uh, about what it could look like. And we are fortunate, and we still haven't lost the support. Uh, not just from our elected officials, but our administrative uh, staff with the city uh, about the benefit of that, you know, even balancing development and parks within and how it adds to the quality of life. So it is unique. And then we also have tremendous support um, uh, from the, the community who use these facilities and spaces. And um, I think it's a testament to the staff that work hard to make sure we can provide as diverse of an offering of things to do, you know, things to see uh, here in Murfreesboro. One of the newer parks, I would say, even though it's not new, but it's new for the city of Murfreesboro, the Walter Hill Park, mm -hmm. which is just past the Richard Siegel Soccer Park. Yeah. I keep saying park. I'm trying to find a new word for it's it. Fine. <laughs> we're used to it. <laughs> the, the horse trails. Uh, yeah. Have the horse trails been added onto or redone over the last couple of years? Yeah, we're both. Go ahead, Rachel. <laughs> um, that's an exciting project. So, um, you know, we worked with the Corps for phase one of the North Murfreesboro Greenway, and they were able to build that and implement that. Um, we are in uh, discussions with them to build phase two of that, which is going to go from Central Valley, um, you know, further downstream towards Smyrna. And that's where the existing horse trail is. And so for these past several years, um, the Outdoor Murfreesboro team has maintained um, a probably a little over a mile of horse trail and has done a fabulous job in keeping that clear. Um, the horse community also kind of pitches in and does volunteer stuff um, on the on the trail further down towards Smyrna to keep it clear. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful trail. So we're looking forward to um, kind of working with the Corps. Um, we're gonna have some asphalt trail that's gonna follow alongside the horse trail. Um, not going to take any horse trail away, and uh, it's just going to be an added amenity. But it's a it's a beautiful area up there. So there's a lot of history over there by the Walter Hill Dam, and I don't know if that is going to be incorporated into the parks at some point. But it would be really interesting to learn more about it. I, I was told that uh, there used to be a ferry that traveled between the Walter Hill Dam, headed towards what is now Percy Priest Lake. But I don't I don't know if there's truth in that or if these are just tales that are being told because I know Stones River used to be a lot deeper right there because we didn't have Percy mm -hmm. Priest Lake uh, so I'm, I'm curious is that something that the parks 
may want to look into in the future? Yeah, we're looking at improvements for Walter Hill Park. That's a great area. Uh, people use that quite a bit. So we've got some immediate attention with some stormwater issues that we're about to address out there and some ro- erosion control. But we got a long-term plan about how that could really impact and tell a story of that area. And what amazes me is I'm with you. You talk to people who've been around Murfreesboro for a long time and people have all kinds of stories. You know, I learn I learn something every time I talk to somebody who's who's been in Murfreesboro for a long time about what they used to do out there. Apparently fairs and stuff like that used to come to the Walter Hill area and use that uh, specific park area by the, by the dam. To, it's just hard to imagine all yeah. that, you know, because I've also heard stories about uh, Indians being in that area. Then I heard stories about some type of... Uh, a recreational facility like it sounded like a country club but it wasn't a country club but there was apparently a lot that took place out there and there's got to be some historic artifacts there too i would i would guess yeah there's it's really fascinating to be able to just go explore that area that's a great place to go fish if you're learning how to fish um, and do some other things but uh, walter hill serves as one of the trailheads for the north murfreesboro greenway which is 1.37 miles and that's a standalone trail and that goes to central valley uh, trailhead which at central valley is where uh, the equestrian trail starts and rachel touched on it but we're so excited to have our partnership with the corps of engineers because what happens is they own that property where the where the trail sits on um, but they lease it to us at a no-cost lease, and we maintain that, and be able to, and that makes it where we're, we're able to use it and utilize it and provide it as a city park for uh, the residents and visitors to Murfreesboro. Now, the Corps of Engineers, uh, they basically, I guess, maintain all the property directly around Percy Priest Lake, and then I guess part of Stones River as well. Is that is that how that works? It is. Yep. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of land out there that could be turned into future parks for the city of Murfreesboro or Rutherford County as well. You know, I think what we're looking at is how could we use that and, and you know, benefit uh, the city of Murfreesboro and the people who call this home, the people who visit Murfreesboro, but also, you know, what we're exploring, and this is long term, but what we're exploring is how could we tie that to the city of, you know, the town of Smyrna? Mm-hmm. You know, how can we benefit the whole county if we can connect uh, these two communities together and what type of you know uh, natural path what kind of trail what kind of experiences could we provide to uh, the county as a whole is there a way to partner with the corps of engineers on making more parks that are operated by murfreesboro and rutherford county and and i don't know could murfreesboro parks oversee future parks in the county with the county We've got a great relationship with the Corps, and I think, you know, I wouldn't take anything off the table, but I would say this really fits in how we have it set up now, where we uh, have these trail systems, and these were funded by Congress. You know, Bart Gordon did a lot many years ago to make sure we could get this funded and, you know, constructed, and that's going to allow us to be able to start phase two of this and add a couple more miles to this trail. But. You know, I think what we focus on is the next couple years with that is that we, we've figured out how this works and we can they can still own the property. We can lease it and maintain it. And I think uh, that's something we can always evaluate in the future. But right now, I think we've got a pretty good working plan. You know, the Trail of Tears went through a portion of Rutherford County so many years back. And that's another, you know, historic fact you don't hear a whole lot about here locally. But yet it is very local that they came right through parts of Rutherford County. Rutherford County, Murfreesboro are so uh, thick and ingrained with so much 
historic, uh, uh, I guess, uh, sites that we take for granted. You know, I was born in Murfreesboro. I think you were, you know, born in Murfreesboro as well. And I think we take for granted, you know, we've got a portion of the Trail of Tears. We've got um, uh, the National Park Service, the battlefield, Stones River Battlefield. Uh, and, you know, we, we've been working with a project with, with them recently. And every time I talk to them, it keeps reminding me how significant the Stones River Battlefield was to the Civil War as a whole. So there's so much you can take in from a historic and cultural perspective here in Murfreesboro. I do wish we could have more of the, the learning plaques, you know, that tell what happened here on whatever date. Is that something that Murfreesboro could put more of into the parks? Yeah, potentially. No, we definitely, whenever we have a park, we want to make sure we explain kind of the history of wherever the property, you know, so that's something that we always, you know, look at when we're developing or redeveloping a property. Again, we're talking about the Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Department this morning. We're going to take a short break, but we will be right back. We're going to check on that weather forecast and the traffic next. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. I'm always one of those that goes on and off diets. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. And you know, at Demas is one of the things that I started doing because of my own eating habits is, is we have a low calorie menu and a low carb menu. So depending on whatever diet that you like, we have options for you that are available at Demas's. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. This is Amanda at Animal City inviting your family to come do business with my family. As pet parents, we know that pets make our lives better. Here at Animal City, we love to help make the lives of our customers' pets better too. Whether it's helping you select a premium quality food that your finicky cat will love, a cute new toy for the dog, or carrying a hard to find item for your small animal friend, we are happy to put our 30 years of pet experience to work for you. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the mid-60s. Winds out of the southwest of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low near 37. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 49. Good morning. Traffic still moving right now as we check it out live for you here on I-24 up by uh, 840 coming in. Obviously from Coffee County, still a little bit busy into Rutherford, but it's still moving. That's the good news. Let's keep it that way. A lot of THP units out here up and down sections of 840 this morning. Make sure you slow it down. Hey, Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies will be hosting Sleep with the Sharks March 27th. All the details at Ripley'sAquariumOfTheSmokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Why move into a new house and, and leave a home that you already have memories with? Farrah Construction had already done the bathroom. Then we decided to move a wall or two and redo the playroom. If you can dream it, we can turn it into reality. And they did. The best investment in enjoyment that we ever made. We're family here at Farrah Construction. We care about you. This is Ron Hall with Farrah Construction. Call 615-893-6120. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. This is Kim Dunaway from Sunshine Nutrition Center. You hear me on Monday mornings at 720 talking about how to lead a healthier lifestyle. We carry supplements, personal care, and grocery items at both our Murfreesboro and Smyrna locations, family owned and operated since 1989. In this salute, we talk to a veteran who fought in the Vietnam War. 
I was assigned to MACV, Advisor Team 71, out of SOC Train, down in the Delta. Veteran Keith Rudliff of the U.S. Army. I've been back out of Vietnam since 1971, and I have two close friends. One uh, passed away from cancer, and the other one lives in northern Michigan. Those are the only two that I let get real close to me. Other than that, I just stay away. You know, I've got a label. People don't like the label, but I'm sorry. I'm proud of what I did. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Keith Redluff served in the U.S. Army. He was in Vietnam. 30 years later, they say, oh, well, you guys have got PTSD. And when we came back, nobody knew about it. I mean, it was the same thing as uh, shell shock. You just went on with your life. Veteran Keith Rudliff, U.S. Army. At night, sat on the couch in the dark. I'm very comfortable in the dark. And I see images going through the house. I'll hear a sound. I'll get up and I'll check all the windows and doors. Nine times out of ten, it's nothing. I know where it's at, but it's still there. After all these years, it's still there. Veteran Keith Rudliff of the U.S. Army. He was in Vietnam. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. If you know a veteran you'd like to highlight, let WGNS know and we'll honor them in our daily salute to veterans. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County but will always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSradio.com. We're Rutherford County's place to talk. Time right now, 8.45. You're tuned to WGNS. Rachel Singer, Nate Williams with us both this morning from the Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Department. We're going to go ahead and take a phone call here real quick. I believe this person had something, or a memory or something of Walter Hill, the park out there. Good morning. Thank you for holding. Yeah, thank you. Uh, me and my dad, well, he was born out there at Walter Hill. We used to go out there fish. We'd uh, set trot line and... Uh, set a basket in the water and he worked at Wilson Kramer would take and put uh, cheese in the back of that basket and catch a lot of catfish would catch turtle uh, that was the good old days <laughs> and that's out there at the Walter Hill down that area? yeah uh huh what year was that? oh that, uh, that's several years I can't remember but that's several years back and then uh, my dad died in 81 uh you know that's and, a lot of years ago then several years back uh, that would be interesting go ahead I, I was just saying thank you for calling this morning that that's uh interesting stuff but i really enjoyed uh, getting fish there's a lot of catfish in there and everything well thank you for calling this morning thank you so the the catfish you know i i don't see that many fish like I used to in Stone River and I don't know if it's because of all the development or if they all swim away but <laughs> catfish uh, and gar 
are two of the bigger fish that I have seen in the Stones River. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Rachel. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, there, there's a, definitely a, a good population of gar. Um, when we take kids kayaking, we get real up close and personal to the gar. And they're you know, scary looking. A lot of kids are scared of them. Yeah, they're they're huge. Um, I, I think they're fascinating. They are. It's like a, a prehistoric fish. I, I mean, they're they're really are interesting. They are. Um, but then we also have rainbow trout, from what I understand, right? It, because TWRA they have a program where they dump trout into Stones River every year, and I think they usually do that around Nicest Mill or so. Uh, but they've been doing that for years. They do. It's a great opportunity for fishermen. Um, you know, the trout can't be supported in the, the Stones River. It's too warm for them. So um, instead of going to our colder climates in the mountains, um, it's it's a great opportunity for fishermen to, to get out there when they do their releases. And um, Nice's Mill and Manson Pike are two places that uh, TWRA will come. And I believe it's posted on their website. Something else that I am curious about, because I know we were talking about the different locations of parks and everything in Murfreesboro, but at one point there was going to be a park around Veterans Parkway in 840, and then I don't know whatever became of those plans because it just kind of died off, and next thing you know, Murfreesboro is selling the property. So what whatever became of... A future park out there yeah so we have several properties in the blackman area and, and we honed in on one you know long history very short we honed in on one at veterans burtnob we thought you know this is going to be a place where we can develop kind of a regional sports complex and uh, during that time we ended up acquiring another property or two to look at so we we pumped the brakes just a little bit and as a city we said you know we want to make sure we're using uh, these properties for their highest and best use, you know, what serves the, the populations around. So uh, we're actively in the planning process of looking at specifically, I think Veterans and Burton Knob Road are the ones that people really got excited about because we communicated to that what was going to be. Uh, but after pausing, we looked at it and I think we're actively working. We've got a planner working on what uh, type of park could go there with uh, maybe some other mixed use, you know, uh, options with there. So uh, that's something that's in the works. Um, but we're making sure that we put the right amenity on the right property. I, I believe there's even a small wetland area out there around Veterans Parkway in 840 where originally there was going to be a park yeah yeah and then that was going to be you know th there are a couple of wet areas with that park so uh, or that property so we're looking now we're excited we just started kind of replanning that area uh, and hopefully going to get a park uh, element there to that community in, in the near future is there any way that one day the parks here in Murfreesboro could incorporate one of the caves that's in our community into the park don't bring the cave in but you know <laughs> it's hard park. to re relocate <laughs> locate the park around a cave though that that would be interesting you know caves are unique things uh some of them are inherently dangerous so uh, no matter what we want our parks to be uh, you know uh, clean safe and fun uh, so safe is a big element of that so uh, we can uh, educate as much as we can and if there's ever an opportunity to where we can educate the public about our cave system that runs you especially uh, kind of in the southwestern part of town then we will. You know, one of our most notorious caves is Black Cat Cave, and that's close to Walter Hill Park. And um, we've had lots of questions and lots of legends over the year about over the years about that. But uh, we do have that closed now. Uh, but we're, we always entertain questions about what that was, and you know, and what was found there. And it's really interesting. Now, the property that that cave sits on, the entrance area, is a very small little track of land. So it would be hard, I guess, to make that into some type of real park. 
Yeah, and that's it's really just a kind of a historic place now. Um, we've learned a lot about what was in that cave and uh, what's happened over the years. And like I said, there's just lots of rumors and legend about what happened over the last 50 to 60 years there. Um, but we've learned, you know, from the state archaeologists some hard evidence about what actually, you know, happened in that area. So it's not a destination. There's no place to go and park. Um, we encourage people, if they want to see it, to go, you know, take a peek at it if they know, you know, where that is. But do some research about it, too. Look online and you can see all kinds of interesting things about uh, Black Cat Cave. Very interesting stuff for sure. Again, talking about the Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Department and uh, caves in Barfield Park. Have you found any caves in Barfield Park? Because there's so much rock out there. There's what we call sinkholes, um, and there, there's a lot of geological features out there. There's um, sinks and crevices, um, and so we do incorporate that into education pieces. Um, there's there's not a, a true cave at Barfield to go in and explore, though. But there are a lot of rocks out there. <laughs> there are a lot of rocks out there, for sure. <laughs> now, something new is coming to Barfield Park, and that is a playground. And uh, the funding for that is coming from, I guess, a special grant through Blue Cross Blue Shield. How yeah. is that working? Yeah, uh, it's something that we're honored and excited to have in our community. We were looking at uh, a playground between, between Pavilions 1 and 2, the big playgrounds, as people call it, at Barfield Crescent Park. And um, uh, th that playground was aging, um, 21 years old. So uh, we were looking at needing to replace that. And um, uh, we ended up being able to uh, acquire a grant uh, through the uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, healthy communities side and it's going to be a three-quarters of a million dollar playground uh, that's going to be coming we're actually meeting with them on site on Wednesday we've cleared the old uh, playground and it's just really kind of a turnkey thing what they do is they come in and they build it uh, and it's 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 a great opportunity for you know the people of Murfreesboro and the taxpayers of Murfreesboro to gain this new amenity for uh, Barfield Crescent Park. So how expensive is this playground again? Uh, $750,000. So it's a little more than what I spent when I built my kids a little playground. It, just a little bit. You know, these things, uh, we, we try to do, you know, whenever we build something like that, we don't want to do it, you know, halfway. We want to make sure we have a quality product. And that's where uh, match, teaming up with Blue Cross Blue Shield, they agree with that principle about, you know, providing uh, really just a, a, a nice playground to draw that's uh, uh, exceptional in quality and we're excited to have that hopefully in early spring uh, available to the community I, I remember before kids castle was built in old fort park you had the uh, big slide with oh, yeah. the rollers on it you yeah. know the, the one that hurt if you got your finger stuck yeah. in it i remember getting my finger stuck in it and right next to the outdoor exercise equipment do you remember that <laughs> yeah, i remember that too yeah. yeah and then they had real swings there you, you don't yeah. see real swings anymore yeah barfield uh, i'm sorry old fort park was was where i used to go play when i was a kid and there was always stuff but yeah. looking back now you know especially my job now and we talk about a lot it's like how in the world did we ever have that equipment up you know it's Rusty just pipes and yeah <laughs> just just a, a slide that stood 15 foot tall with nothing around it you yeah, know yeah yeah because yeah, in addition to the rolly slide I, I don't know what else you would call it but you also had a regular slide and it, it was probably 15 20 feet up yeah. and the sides were very Narrow. short yeah, yeah. I, I don't I'm surprised but, more people didn't get hurt over the years. So when I played there, I'm sure you were the same way, but I remember going in the summer and we'd go for hours and the old water fountain that we had there was the best water you've ever tasted in your life because you'd run that. for three hours and you'd be sweating. And I remember just like sitting, just soaking in every ounce of water I could. And it wasn't just, just normal water, but I, I remember when your playing, body needs water, it's really tasty. Old Fort Park water is the best. But yeah, I, I remember playing that little stream they had yeah. that goes through Old Fort Park, yep. and there were all kinds of crayfish there mm -hmm. all the time. And I agree, yeah. That, that's something else you don't see a lot of anymore, crayfish. You know, you 
to see them all over the place in the rivers and creeks. You know, that's a great area that's been improved. It's really a stormwater demonstration area. So we partnered with the, you know, Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro Water Resources to create this area where people can come and see how stormwater really could be enhanced when it goes back to our streams. So uh, it's still a great area. There's some uh, there's some tables and some um, uh, some seating areas where people can go and explore that area. So that's still up and running. You should check it out. I, I will. So nowadays when you go for designing a new park or building parking lots within the park you, you do have to worry about stormwater runoff mm-hmm. and these are things that i don't think were really thought about you know in the 70s and 80s whenever parks were being developed uh, but they are now and and there's certain requirements you have to meet yeah and we don't consider that a nuisance at all we think you know as far as being able to enhance the quality of the water that's coming off you know if we're putting concrete or something we want to make sure we're doing it in a responsible way and we're in the process you can uh, use a lot of practices that clean the water before they get back to our streams our drinking water so um, we want to do that as much as possible and we like to uh, as much as we can set set kind of the example and the precedence of how it can not just help the streams and our, our, our water system, our stormwater, but also can make our parks and our spaces very beautiful. Does it make designing a park more complicated when you have to factor in all these different requirements that have to be met? Not necessarily. I think we embrace those uh, and look for the opportunity with those, you know, uh, requirements. And like I said, I think it's incumbent on us to say, you know, how we can incorporate those and provide just the best quality product we can for the people who visit those parks. You know, in nearby Lebanon, at Cedars of Lebanon, there's a large outdoor Olympic-sized pool with a high dive and all that stuff. Is that something that we could ever see in Murfreesboro? You know, one of our parks having a large outdoor pool like, like what you see at Sportscom now. You know, I think we've got three pools. We've got the Sportscom Indoor Pool. We've got the Sportscom Outdoor Pool, which is Borough Beach. Um, and we can host about, typically, of course, not this past summer, but usually uh, over 2,000 people a day come use that pool. And we've got Patterson Park as well. So uh, there has been a, a request from our community uh, to get more pools, and that's something that we're always considering. Uh, we just want to make sure uh, that we do it if you know in, in the right spot, in the right location, and serve the right role. Because you know, when it comes to pools, you can have one that's just for the summer that sits you know empty for uh, you know seven eight months out of the year, um, or do you do an indoor pool that can serve kind of the rehab community and the water exercise? So there's a lot to consider with that. Now, I think Nashville now operates the wave country pool which i don't know what they call it now but yep. uh, i guess nashville parks operate they the do. wave pool there is a wave pool would be really cool here that would be cool can, can we get one <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah, can, you, <laughs> you uh I'll, we, I'll help you dig the hole you'll help me dig the hole you um yeah we could you can just donate the money and we'll, we'll just name yes. it after you too oh wow so Scott's um, wave pool. Scott's like wave it. pool. I, like I think it. that's a that's a that's a good thing. So I think when it comes to pool, my, my honest answer is I think we, uh, it's such a vital part. The the water exercise and, and the water rehab is such a vital part to so many of our aging populations' daily routine. I think we need more of those types of pools. Uh, I think we have a huge outdoor pool that's you know an Olympic size outdoor pool that's been converted into water park um, at, at Borough Beach. But I think what we look toward in the in, in, maybe in a little bit more of the distant future is providing something that really can serve year-round you know the people who really need that again rachel singer and nate williams both with us this morning with the murfreesboro parks and rec department and uh, we only have like a minute and a half left but as we close out this morning it's time to sign up for summer camps or it's about time to sign up for summer camps and get your name on the list where do people do that 
They can go to murfreesboroparks.com. It's a great website. has an interactive calendar that's up to date. So that's for all of our programs. But they can find the summer camp information there. So all of that is posted already if you want to start planning your summer. Registration opens March 1st. And you can do that at Barfield Crescent Park, the main administrative office that sits close to Veterans Parkway, uh, Patterson Park Community Center, or Sportscom. Sounds good. Uh, Nate, any closing words? No, we're excited about the summer. I think as we get into the spring and summer, uh, you're, our, our people who use our parks and our facilities are going to see hopefully more of a normal traditional offering that we've had over the years. And we're looking forward to a great summer full of camps. Uh, it might look a little bit different to keep everybody safe, but um, we're just asking everybody to continue to do their part and we'll, we'll get through this. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us this morning. Hey, thank you, Scott. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk.